0: Friends, my name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators of the Spokane Sangha, and it is so much fun to be with you today. I'd like to set the intention of our practice with a sentiment of loving kindness. and Let's see which one we're going to do. Abraham, you pick one. All right. We did that one yesterday, the same thing. Okay, let's do it again. The message needs to be heard again. <laughs> this one was painted in, and doodled by Lo. And it says, May you sweet talk yourself. May you... Su- Ooh! Let's do that again. May you sweet talk yourself. That was aggressive. All righty, friends. You know, I said it yesterday... And I'll say it again today. One of the most radical things that the Buddhist practice brings to our awareness is this opportunity to reframe and shift our habit energy away from all the ways we are aggressive and harsh toward ourselves. You know, creating inner landscapes that are depleted and bleak and really bringing to those inner landscapes, efforts and actions that are nourishing, and encouraging, uh, hydrating, and making the environment fertile for maturity and growth. And these are the things that sustain us when we're really trying to shift our relationship to negative habit energy. So welcome one and all. Today's practice is uh, along the theme for the month of February, which is to explore the word Sada. And Sada is spelled S A D D H A. It is a Pali word and it means confidence, faith, trust. And it's a little bit different than the word faith in the Western mind, which is uh, a cultivation of a belief or a trust in a power external to oneself and exclusively external to oneself. Sada, in the Buddhist practice, is a recognition that anything external to us is also within us. That is the nature of non-duality. We are looking at a higher power, if you will, that is outside of ourself and within. It's not either or. So, to cultivate sadha is to cultivate a confidence in oneself and a trust in the natural unfolding of life. And one of the most famous sutras, teachings of the Buddha, is called the Lotus Sutra. And it is all about cultivating sadha, this heart led life, leading with the heart. And so, today, the whole the whole intention for this month's practice is to work with your own mind and heart because I'm not speaking to your mind. Your minds already know what I'm saying. You already know this wisdom. You already possess it. What we're doing is excavating and speaking to the heart that has been covered and layered with aggression, violence, self-loathing, doubt, anxiety, legacy, and so on. And the Dharma has this wonderful way of peeling those layers back, like the lotus flower, gently um, bringing into clarity bodhicitta, the soft heart, Buddha nature, the essence of this wisdom, alive in you. That is what the Lotus Sutra is really all about. So today, I'd like to read for you uh, a little section, just a couple of sentences, really, from Thich Nhat Hanh um, and his wonderful book called Peaceful Action, Open Heart, Lessons from the Lotus Sutra. Peaceful Action, Open Heart, Lessons from the Lotus Sutra. I would like to strongly recommend this book, but I don't recommend you read it at bedtime. This is what I would call a a kitchen table read. And read it paragraph at a time. Take it in nice and slow. This is a scholarly piece. And so uh, take your time with it. I'd like to invite you to practice a little mindfulness with me. And I'd like to invite us to come into the first foundation of mindfulness, which is the body beginning at the breath. And I'd like you to put the body into a posture that feels noble, and strong, enabling you to actively breathe with gentle awareness and attention. It might mean sitting tall on a cushion. If you're sitting in a chair, uh, invite your body to sit toward the front of the chair. And if you're online at your computer, turn the front of your body so that you're at an angle to the the main part of your computer this breaks some of that electromagnetic energy so that you can have your heart that heart space a little less corrupted by electromagnetic energy breathe Breathe deeply and slowly, arriving fully to this moment of practice. Before the meeting, Luma and I were chatting about the notion of the present moment. And how the present moment possesses inherently a sort of automatic aspect where we're often not even aware of our present moments. We go moment to moment to moment to moment in sort of a routine way without paying much attention, without noticing. The body, moment to moment to moment, does things automatically without our conscious awareness, like breathing. In the Lotus Sutra, there is an aspect to it, to the same thing to the Dharma, the, the nature of the physical aspect of the Dharma embodied in the Buddha, a real human being just like you and me, who devoted his life to understanding the conditions and causes of suffering, as well as the conditions and causes of loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. But like the present moment, there's also a broader, bigger, larger scope to the present moment. It has an infinite quality. It has a deeper quality. And it requires a little bit more attention the cultivation of awareness and space. And in the Lotus Sutra, this is also part of the Buddha that has this limitless quality that is spoken of. So the Buddha was this physical being and yet the Buddha has long been gone, yet the essence of who this person was, what this person taught, is alive and well today. Both out there somewhere and within each of us. So coming into that broader element of the moment, We are aware that how we're sitting can have a broad effect on our mood and energetically affect other people. The way we breathe can calm the body or energize the body in anxious ways that can affect other people. paying attention to the conditions around you, the fact that many of us have housing and food, not many, not other people do, there are other people that do not, people in active addiction, people living on the streets, people who are incarcerated, people who are ill and in the hospital So many things to pay attention to and to consider. And we consider them as a way of getting out of the habit energy gently and with curiosity that makes us so self-centered, self-focused, forgetting that there's a lot more going on than just meets the eye of the moment. Thich Nhat Hanh writes, Just as the Buddha manifests in various forms in the historical dimension, his true body, the Dharmakaya, abides in the ultimate. We too exist in the historical dimension, but at the same time we have a Dharma body in the ultimate dimension. Our historical body has a beginning and an end, And we experience the cycle of birth, old age, sickness, and death. But our dharma body is indestructible. So while in living in our historical body, we practice being in touch with our dharma body because we can touch the nature of our dharma body, the ultimate the ultimate dimension. When we can touch the nature of our dharma body, the ultimate dimension. We are no longer afraid of birth and death. Friends, I encourage you to soften anything in the mind that is tempted to hear these words literally and linearly. And listen with the heart that is much more lyrical and poetic. So, when Thich Han writes that we, when we touch into the Dharma body, what he's suggesting is that we're tapping into the mysterious evolution of life since beginningless time. Since beginningless time, some kind of evolutionary happening has been going on and on and on for billions and billions of years until this moment that has manifested as you and me in these physical forms to practice in this moment. It is miraculous and completely mysterious. All of our ancestors, all of that evolu- evolutionary soup and stew that's happened to enable us to be here today is powerful. And when we can tap into that, we can remember that it will carry on long after this body returns to the mother. And it really helps dispel that at the end there's nothing. There's always something, even in the space of nothing. That's the mystery. That's the wonder of you and of me. And when Thich Han writes, when we contemplate this, we don't need to fear birth and death. What he's referring to is... You don't have to be afraid of your own life. You don't have to fear the qualities of negative habit energy that have brought forward actions that may be regrettable. You don't have to fear looking at that nor do you have to fear watching die those attachments to negative habit energy. It's amazing as human beings how comfortable we are with misery because the unfamiliar, the unknown is that, unfamiliar and unknown and we have some story that says we should be scared of that. And when we practice the ultimate reality of the Dharma and the Buddha as it lives in us, the uncertainty and the unknown can become a wonder. An ooh, something might be there, something good might be there which challenges our habit energy of thought that hisses in the background saying, yeah, but you don't deserve nice things. You don't deserve good things. Nowhere is that written. Nowhere In the reality, the ultimate reality of the Dharma body, are you and all that you've done in your life, a mistake? Everything about you is karma ripening for your wisdom, your growth, and your expanded capacity to love. a lot to take in. So we'll end with a very simple mantra. And I encourage you to write this down if it resonates with you, but more importantly, write down something that is arising from within you, your own inner wisdom. Take a moment to put the body in a posture in such a way that the heart is leading. So maybe roll your shoulders up a little bit and then back and allow those shoulders to relax down and lead with the heart. May my heart stay open to grow in wisdom, love, and presence, may my heart remain open to grow in wisdom, love, and presence. but let's just go right into a dedication of merit. And let's, let's put our hands, left hand, in this mudra, ahimsa mudra. Kay? But let's turn it the fingertips inward toward the heart. And let's engage this as sort of the the Bhumi Sparta mudra. This is the mudra that the Buddha used to touch the earth. So maybe if you can put with your right hand, send your hand and your fingers again in that himsa, ahimsa mudra, and touch the floor, touch the earth. Or if you're sitting in a chair upright, just Focus and point it downward toward the earth. The Buddha was haunted and taunted by Mara all the days of his life. Before awakening, Mara taunted him. Who do you think you are, Prince Siddhartha, you fancy pants? What do you know? He threw all of that off starved himself to near death, tried on all the spiritual practices of the day, and still the voice of Mara. What a loser, Siddhartha. Who do you think you are? Now throwing yourself into monks' robes, wandering around, doing all these aesthetic practices, getting nowhere, blah, blah, blah. The Buddha sat down got real still and quiet, and still haunted by Mara. Who do you think you are? And the Buddha finally said, you know, I am awake, and the earth is my witness. Hands together, if it's comfortable for you, in prayer pose at the level of the heart. You are here to awaken to the majesty of you, alive and breathing, the embodiment of beginningless time, the legacy of your ancestors wounded and healed In you right now, awaken to the miracle of your life. Bring forward your light, your grace, your love, and your presence. You heal the world with your practice. Thank you for bringing it here and inspiring us all so deeply. Namaste.